Yes. Coming at you. Very Ape Podcast. Sean and Cass, back at it again. <laughs> the dynamic duo. Oh, yeah. Back to just the two of us. Oh, yeah. We've been on a wild whirlwind. It is kind of a bummer. What? It being back to the two of us. <laughs> <laughs> wow, babe. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, have you ever heard of like um, third man syndrome? No. It's like, you know, when people are uh, like walking through the desert and they feel like they're about to die. The, the, the first person to come up with it was on a wild like Antarctica expedition with some people and all of them claimed that they felt a third presence there. Like well, another, there's two people? And yeah, but well, they call it third man syndrome. Even if there's like 20 of them. Yeah, just that there's another presence kind of like with them, guiding them, communicating with them, talking with them. Like Interesting. Like it gets that real. Yeah. We need to work on our third man so when it's just the two of us that we don't falter. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was explaining to someone, I'm like, we work really well in a triangle. Well, like a tripod. Think about how stable a tripod is. Yeah. A bipod is just like us. It's just like... We're like float. Someone could push you down and knock you out. Exactly. <laughs> very unstable. Yeah, yeah. We, no, did, we did good with Joey, though. We did great with Joey. I miss Joey. Yeah. I'm already, I'm sad. You know, we had such a good time together and it was time to come home. If you want to know where we've been out emotionally and a little bit of a heavier vibe, you can check out... Oh, patreon.com slash churchofchill. We just recorded an episode that was intended to be this episode, but it was too spicy and too personal. And, and a little, uh, yeah, heavy. Just a little bit, a little bit heavy, but also funny Yeah. in our way. Yeah. Um, that's on patreon.com slash churchofchill. That's a bonus episode called Usually Incomprehensible Distance in Unfathomable Silence. Oh, That's good. the name of that episode. So go have fun. Listen to that one. Yeah, jo- join our Patreon. It's, it really helps us, and it really helps us keep going and making these films and feeling like we have an outlet to get a little bit more down and dirty, which is what we use that for. Yeah, and I think after that po- po- podcast, we were like, oh, it's nice that we have a platform where we don't have to, like, the vulnerability hangover is like, uh, the people who want too much vulnerability are on they can give Patreon. us a dollar or two and <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it'll it feels a little bit more consensual yeah exactly rather than us just being like oh you landed on this video and now we're gonna just air our shit mm. but no we're doing great um especially on this podcast yes because we already got out all the other shit mm. but yeah we had a great time with joey joey's uh such a gift and uh the light of our life <laughs> our little boy. Our little boy's growing up. Our little boy's all grown stuff. It feels like it sometimes. It feels like he's becoming a real cinematographer. And a real man. <laughs> and a real man. Not quite yet. His beard's starting to come in. It's oh, really, yeah. it's something to behold. No, but we, we were having a good time. We uh, were just out making our documentary Wild Magic. That was the first leg, a little two and a half week, three week jaunt through uh pennsylvania ohio west virginia then we went down to kentucky then we were in nashville new orleans and then swung back up through Asheville and came home wow wow yeah we had such a good time beautiful way to travel mm-hmm. get in the car make a bunch of food and not really have to spend a ton of money besides on gas which is pretty affordable right now so yeah, we just drove around having a good time, and uh, we were never not making the movie, which is really cool. So in that way, it's making us. No, I w- like we were like 10, 15 days in, and I was like, we've literally shot something every day. Yeah. Which is cool. Even on days where we're like, let's not worry about it. Let's let's take an in-breath today. Let's recharge. We still, the magic found us every day. Yeah. So it is there. It does exist. And, you know, on the flip side of that magic, I, you know... You see America for warts and all mm-hmm. when you get out there like that. But the people are just so incredible. The landscape is is a, it's as bleak as it gets. But I think it couldn't be like this for long, so we might as well document it. But it's a hellscape of like uh, retail and empty retail <laughs> and empty warehouses and bizarre-ass like, you know, we went into Best Buy for the first time in 10 years and there was like, 50 people working in there 49 of them are on break there's like 
six customers in line trying to buy something. No one can help anyone. Like it's very, very bleak, strange, <laughs> uh, dystopic um, landscape out there. The territory. I will say when we were driving through North Carolina, though, I was like, <clears throat> I was like, this is gorgeous. North Carolina is a fucking gem. Western North Carolina. I was like, whoa, just like the Blue Ridge Mountains are just epic. Yeah. Um. So I think we're going to have to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. So we're going and um, we're taking a core sample of America's magic and what it has to offer. And it's in. Uh, it's be it's it's in such unexpected places that that's what we've just come to expect when we're in the unexpected places. Because mm-hmm. you go towards the places where you're like, here's going to be this holy person, this this spiritual being, this enlightened person. And uh, on your way to go find that person, you find six people that have it more than the person you're going to see even ends up having it. So it's cool. It's, uh, you know, we always said that the goal of, of this movie in particular was to kind of to be um, like a bit of like a lens change so you could kind of even pick up this you know it's welcoming people into this realm as we welcome ourselves into it to say like don't write people off Mm -hmm. could be anywhere Mm -hmm. keep an open heart keep an open mind and that's what we've had to do and it was and it's been tough at times but uh i think that the keeping it moving part really helps totally yeah and just <clears throat> the levity that we have between the three of us like you yeah. and joey are always holding down a very light vibe for the most yeah. part joey especially and we all have what our moments the fuck <laughs> what joey especially well you've been going through it i've been going through it well maybe he has too he disappears for 12 hours he's like i'm going to bed and it's 11 30 and we don't see him again till 11 30 <laughs> so maybe he's just having his personal life and his breakdowns and his meltdowns and well, yelling he, at his he, girlfriend he went home to his 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 sweetie well no he went home to he'll talk about it on boys club i'm sure but like basically went home to his apartment being totally destroyed by a leak and oh, having yeah. to like go through yeah. it so yeah yeah what i was saying to him like oh i appreciate you holding holding a good vibe he's like well when you guys are having a harder time it's easier for me to have a good time you know and i <laughs> i relate to that too because when people are like around me having a hard time i'm like oh it's easier for me to like it's keep like a gratitude alive. check yeah, you're like, oh, thank God I'm not going through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, he was there like wh- when we uh, when we pulled into um, Louisville, Kentucky, we we got a, a bite on a, a commercial job. You know, this is our, our first one this year. And we're like, oh, thank God we really needed a, we needed to be bidding a job to just feel like we're part of this industry, you know, because we're just I don't know, just where our heads are at post pandemic. And um, so it, a job came up and we're like, fuck, yeah, we're bidding a job. And it's, it looked like we had a really good chance to get this one. It all came together quickly. It would have been shooting in our downtime for Wild Magic. It just felt like a gift from the angels. So we just like went ahead and we're bidding the job hard. And we spent a few days doing that. We took a we tried to take down days from Wild Magic, but we ended up shooting those days, too. And um, then on our way home, we got word that we didn't get the job. And, like, I think Joey was bracing for, like, nuclear meltdown. And it's actually kind of what pulled me out of a funk in a weird way. It, we were, yeah, we were online at Chipotle and Sean, and we were talking about you. And we're like, yeah, I guess that, I was like, that kind of pulled Sean out of his funk is the bad news. Yeah. Well, but it's it's not necessarily bad news. It's just news. You know, I can't look <laughs> at it like that. And if anything, it just served as a gratitude check for how good we have it right now and what we're what we're out there doing and what the spaciousness offers to our life. And I, I just love the like the lottery ticket that anything could happen and mm-hmm. stuff like that. could. We could be bidding five commercial jobs next week. Like, and I have done that in the past and I've lost all five. And then I've bid jobs I have no business even bidding, and we get them. So I don't know. It just it's just kind of like another data point. Like, cool, we bid a job. Hopefully, those people liked us and would want to work with us again in some you know more appropriate capacity. But uh, yeah, uh, it's it's weird like that. That's the thing I think that would set most people off. And for me, it was like a series of little things that was setting me off. And then that was kind of like the death blow to just that whole energy of of feeling like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, everyone's against me, fucking this and that. It's like a big thing happens like, oh, all that, that money that you needed, it's not coming. <laughs> and I'm just like, 
Oh, oh well, whatever. I'm grateful for what I have. My girl's beautiful. Joey's so beautiful, and he's he's out here shooting with us, and we get to you know design whatever we want. And I think it'll just make this film all that much better. That it seems that the angels keep throwing us like little challenges, and I do think of them as little, but they can seem big in the moment. Mm-hmm. The monitor's not working. The battery's not working. Uh, this wire doesn't work anymore, and we can't acquire it for a couple days. You know, Joey's apartment flooding, this job not happening, this breakup happening, like all of this stuff, if you look at it a certain way, could be crushing. But if you just look at it in like little, like the next brilliant chess move to try to challenge your perfect faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the way we've been taking it. And I think that, that doing that on the road prepared Joey to go home to his apartment destroyed and not lose his mind. Because not only did he not lose his mind, he was sitting on the tarmac waiting for that flight to leave for like three hours, listening to two lesbians next to him have a knockdown drag out fight. And yeah, oh, yeah I didn't you, get you weren't even a part of that. No, I didn't get that. We'll, we'll get, I'll get the down low on, uh, on Boys Club. Boys Club is mine and Joey's secret podcast. It's on uh, patreon.com slash church of chill. Really awesome. We have 14 episodes up there so far. Wow. Yeah, more to Crazy. come. But um, yeah, like it's just, uh, you know, ev- every day, every day of this trip has been like life in itself. It's just filled with ups and downs and tragedies and comedies and um, things that just really people will say stuff to you that just make you want to cry and just make you want to call your family and tell them you love them. And, you know, we'll go through that. And then every day having cathartic laughter, like the likes of which I normally only catch like once or twice in a year. I'm doing that every day with Joey. So we must be doing something right that we're achieving that every evening. Totally. With a certain amount of dabs and Longmont Potion Castle. Yeah. No. We definitely all got very comfortable. There was like, the, in one of the last podcasts, I was like, at least you don't, we don't, you like will not come into the bathroom while I'm in there and pee. And then I'm like, okay, well now that's just, Joey yeah. will just pee in the bathroom. And we just pee in the car together and whatever. I, I think it's a big thing if you're going to ever be rolling around as a triad or some <laughs> sort of thruple situation and you want to actually get somewhere on road trips, you got to get used to peeing in little things in front of each other. So. We just have like a, we each have like, you guys have your 64 ounce yeah. jars. Yeah. Someone did give you the idea of doing, um, what is it? Uh, uh, laundry detergent one with a little bit of detergent in yeah, there and yeah. peeing in that. That was a pretty good idea. Yeah. But I think it's nice that we just like dump it, rinse it and throw an effort in, in there, fill <laughs> it with water, it kills all the bacteria, shake it up, dump it out. And like, that's what we, anytime we need gas, we're, we're just dumping out 64 ounces of, uh, Jenkum. Do you think it was weird that I started calling Joey babe? Cause I just like, it was just, it was starting. We just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. I don't. I, I, I don't just know. got like. It's only weird if you think it is. I didn't. I. I kind of stopped doing it, but I was like, I couldn't help it because I was like, it's just like a term of the endearment. first couple times you weren't talking to him, but he thought you were. So, then you know, next thing you know, we're in the new territory. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's really nice <laughs> to, to call your friend, babe. Yeah, that. Well, not even that, but to have like, uh, we all talk about how nice it is to have such a like a joyous, loving, platonic friendship. Yeah. You know, and like what a gift it is that like there's no complications in that department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's like the vast majority of our friendships. Yeah, but you don't usually. It, it's, Every now and then it gets spicy, but you almost know that. But as that, far as spending that much time with someone, you uh, know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, yeah, the fact that we get along so good and it's not complicated or anything like that. And, you know, yeah. If it were complicated like that, we would have known forever. And because you, you know, that, I, I don't know. At least for me, and I think you're the same way as me. So it's well, it's easy know, for us to navigate. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're gonna have sex with somebody, like the second that you interact with them, right? I you're feel like, like oh shit, we have work to do in that department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're really listening, like you can you can feel into that. You're like, oh no, you're a potential partner. I either got to avoid this like the plague, or or give in to these lustful temptations of the flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's nice to be on hiatus for a second from lustful temptations at least it feels like are, are we are we on hiatus i mean <laughs> not from each other yeah just not even yeah just 
we're in the in-between yeah it was so funny i was me and joey were having a conversation and someone overheard us i was saying to joey like i was like we're single and like somebody was like wait hold on i just overheard you saying like we're single what does that mean and i was like i don't know what do you mean like exactly what i'm saying like we're single and I, I, I didn't even realize like how, th- how that phrase almost makes no sense because <laughs> <laughs> f- I'm referring to you and I like, yeah. we're, yeah, like we're single right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and to me, like having just been in like, you know, five or six years of on again, off again, throupling, like it, that feels like such normal nomenclature and, uh, yeah, I see how, how weird that could sound to somebody else, Yeah, but it's true. And it's nice to be single. I think people can really enjoy being single, especially after like a lot of especially relationships. Especially when you're in a couple. <laughs> especially when you're in a couple. <laughs> well, I even even before we got into the part of, but I don't even know if I want to talk about it. But a lot of times, it, I'm not looking for another relationship. I'm looking to have more of a relationship with myself. You know, and sometimes that's where I get excited that you might have a relationship that you can I'm pawn not me off yeah. on somebody <laughs> <laughs> kind of <laughs> kind damn of. my mom should have thought of that my mom should have thought of all this With for my dad, dad. Yeah. yeah I think a lot of women are and men are maybe limited by their fears how as far as how fun their life could be if they just pawned their partner off on someone else <laughs> <laughs> Like, everyone's, like, on such a threat mentality where I'm, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm trying to catch a breath, man. Yeah, yeah. My boyfriend's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And and we run a company together, you know, so we don't have, like, like time away from each other or jobs or anything like that. But it's so funny because when you want to try to pawn me off on somebody, I'm like, wait, you're not interested? And you're like, no. And I'm like, oh, well... I don't think I am then either. Like, well, I, that's it's what's so not fair about weird. it. It's so not fair because you want me to do everything with you, and I'm like, okay, okay. I love doing everything with you. <laughs> I do, I do. I love you so much. It's it's awesome. Yeah, no, I know. Um, but it's all good, you know. Well, we want to have a great summer. I yeah. think I think that's partly uh, why, like, becoming newly single can seem not tragic, is because. At least in the Northeast, we wait all year for it to be like this outside where I can just rip my shirt off and run. I could be outside most of the day, get my proper vitamin D, hanging with the boys, hanging with the girls, meeting everybody, non-binary. It doesn't matter. You know, it's summer. Yeah, no, we're all about it. Uh, Especially, I'm trying to line up enough shows that we're not spending so much money, but that we have something to look forward to. You need like one a month, but but like like one a month, one on the books per month, and then like one or two spontaneous. Mm -hmm. I think that are uh, like maybe cheaper shows because they're spontaneous. We're trying to dial in like the recipe for a great summer. (laughs) We really are. Like, how many summers do you? How many are you? Summers could you possibly have left? No matter what, it's going to seem like a low number. You don't even want to. It's less think than a hundred. That. That's it, for sure. Which seems like too few. Yeah. So, yeah, we are. We're we're going to see my morning jacket for the first time. Yeah, that'll be fun. I'm excited about that. That'll be good. Um, that's up in Connecticut. If anyone wants to go, hit us up. Um, the tickets for that are pretty cheap. It's yeah, we were able to get. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There there was a deal where we were able to get tickets for like twenty five in, including fees, which was like whoa. Yeah, that's pretty unheard of. Yeah. And we've never seen my morning jacket, and uh, we've spent a lot of time with Jim James. It's so funny. It's so weird. It's so weird. We found out about, like, I've heard about my morning jacket, like, my whole adult life. And I never listened to any of it. And then Jim James put out um, a... uh, what what is that? What George is Harrison cover? That yeah, that when 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 I first heard his George Harrison cover thing, I was like, damn, this dude can sing. And then I heard his uh, solo album, Eternally Even, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Oh, in spirit oh. and everything. Oh, so good. That album is so good. But I don't really know that My Morning Jacket that well. And we met him sh- like shortly after we started listening to that Eternally Even album, and uh, became homies. But still, never seen him live. And everyone that knows about my morning jacket just says you have to see them live. So I think that's, this is how we're going to get into this band. I want to get into, uh, what's the name of that band? Everyone loves Jack Mack and the heart attack or what is it called? 
Lizard Wizard. Oh yeah, King Gizzard <laughs> and the Lizard Wizard. Um, yeah, I want to get into them. I think we're going to have to catch them live at some point. We're seeing uh, Ween at Red Rocks. If anyone wants to go to that, hit us up. We're going to be going with a bunch of homies. And uh, we should all meet up before and go in together. I'm tr- I wonder if we should try to go to the Ween show in New York, too. I yeah, of course. You, do you think we're going to be able to have a nice, comfortable evening here knowing that Dean and Gene are down there? Playing. No, but I think the Melvins are playing that night, too, so we just need to figure this that's a, out. That's a tough choice. That's a tough choice because the, the Melvins don't play here that often. And we will go anywhere These to see the same hard, yeah. hard questions. Why would they play on the same fight? What are the fucking odds that they'd play on the same day? Well, that's why we need to double check. We might have our mis- misinformation. Yeah. I would. Uh, but hey, we maybe we'll catch a dead in company. Uh, I don't know why I don't care. I've heard good things. About this year, this tour. Yeah, I, th- I mean, they're going to do it right. This is this is their last tour. I mean, SPAC sold out, but maybe we can get a ticket last minute. Yeah. I think we're a little soured on City Field because we've gone a couple times and felt like the sound was bad. Yeah. I just want to be able to close my eyes and hear the music nice and loud. Well, that's why it's like we could couch tour. Mm. So when couch touring is available, it kind of feels like this is it's like watching a football game. It's like you could either be cold and in the stands like looking from a distance or you could like be comfortable on your couch and have the play-by-play up close mm. and the replay and everything. I think I think part of the reason I was even able to make you my girlfriend is because a, a guy that you were casually dating in the city took you to a football game and that was a mistake. He made a lot of mistakes, but I think it... That was the final blow, though. I don't know. My girl all cold outside watching little ants run around on a thing. yeah. The giant, the way they built Giant Stadium, I'm like, it's also like just so breezy. I'm oh, like, that, that's every stadium. I'm it's like, why would like... you have built it like this? It's <laughs> like this is like winter sport. It's so cold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, sometimes people can come on a little too strong. Yeah, is that what happened? I yeah. feel like I came on so strong. Well, maybe actually I didn't in a weird way. No, you didn't. I came off like, I'm here for you. Um. I want you to be my girlfriend, and we'll hopefully work that out one day. And almost like I almost like I knew that that would work out, so I could be loose about your and running be around. Chill about him. Yeah, but this guy really wanted to date you. Yeah, he really wanted to. He like went on a trip and like brought a bunch of a lot of gifts back, mm-hmm. and I I don't know I don't really like that much. You had only had a couple of dates with him. I only had a couple of dates. And then he went to Europe and brought you all this stuff that said Cass on it. And I remember seeing all these tchotchkes around your room, and it's so not who you are. And I was like, what are you doing with all this stuff? And you're like, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what to do about this dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at the time, it was the old. he was 38, so he was the oldest guy I had been with. You were 23. And now you're 41, almost 42, so now you're the oldest guy I've been with. But the body of a 19-year-old exactly. bodybuilder. And I'm now the oldest girl you've been with. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I mean, no. Like dated. Dated. Oh, dated. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, because b- before I met you, I was dating. I had two relationships and they were both like my age, but we broke up before I was 30. Yeah. I think we have, um, we got a nice little experiences under our belt. I realized, like, I didn't sleep around, but I got enough experience before you locked me down. Same here. Same thing. I I think we both got enough experience where we were like, cool, we're good. <laughs> and then we got a lot of experience together. <laughs> yeah, one for the one for the diary one day. Maybe one day we could write a book or something. About all our fucking crazy, yeah. crazy adventures. Yeah. I, I wish people that were interested in hearing those kind of stories, uh, you know, in person or digitally or whatever, were just very clear with us about that. You know what I mean? Like, yo, tell me tell me about some of y'all's fucking crazy-ass adventures. Because it just feels like a weird thing to talk about, and we have no one to talk about it with. So we just take long car rides, and we're like, remember that time? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah. was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. And just so we don't forget that stuff, you know what I mean? Because, like, when you have stories you can't tell, like, sometimes they could just slip away, especially if you're a dab king like myself. Yeah. <laughs> I also feel like we used to tell each other how we, like, started to like each other a lot. Like, we would tell each other. We still st- do. We just did. 
yeah tell each other those stories because it's like we help keep the memory alive well it's only for us really so Mm -hmm. you know it's good to uh yeah throw some logs on that on the fire of uh how this whole thing got started every now and then just to remember the eternal flame yeah yeah no i does it i think i think sometimes also in love and relationships especially once you've like really committed to someone reminding the person that you've committed to them because a lot of times people can get scared that you're gonna leave them and you're like i'm not gonna leave you so yeah we don't you can do calm that. the fuck down we don't do that it's it, it, that really god that hasn't been an issue with us thank god it hasn't really been an ever-present issue in any of my relationships. It's kind of how I can function. If I thought that that was, like, an option, I probably would get out of there myself. But, no, you've never, uh, you're not that type of person. We haven't had uh, false breakups, makeups, that kind of thing. I'm glad. So it's, it's, it's all been forward momentum. And you're really good about forgiving and forgetting. I think I'm good about it. You don't really put it to the test, so, you know. No, I think you're good at it. <laughs> definitely i feel like there's a lot of things that you could hold against me and you don't and i'm just i can't think of what it is at this moment in time but i just remember you letting me off the hook about certain things and be like oh my god thank god i thought i was gonna have to pay for that one for fucking years i'm letting myself off the hook. <laughs> why the hell would i want to look at you with any kind of animosity it's it's just yeah. a ticking time bomb yeah. and it's a good thing to do inventory especially if you're in a long relationship do a little in- animosity inventory every now and then and just just put out on paper or say to your say to a homie a trusted homie you know here's my pile of evidence on my girl or my boy or whatever <laughs> and then take mdma together well no but, but just <laughs> just see like is it worth even saying this is it worth even writing this is it worth carrying this is this my problem is, am i projecting this onto this person you know like how is this impacting our day to day yeah. If, if there's a big list, like, you you better check yourself because, like, compiling evidence on your partner, like, what is it for? Well, a lot That's of what times I always want to know. You also like, have, what like, is a, it for? a small scope of, like, I remember, I, like, I would be the one, I'm still the one to make breakfast every morning. And for a while, I was, like, making breakfast very resentfully. Fuck this motherfucking <laughs> he never helps. avocado. But then I, like kind of deconstructed that story and been like okay yeah i do make breakfast but what does sean do i work on my body (laughs) (laughs) what do i do well you might not do anything while i'm making breakfast and sometimes i'm resentful that you're just like having this chill morning um but you do think like my time to shine is in the morning yours is in the evening you'll be like cleaning the house and doing laundry and taking care of stuff when i'm like i can't do anything i'm not doing shit Mm. So there is a, I think, an uh, even division of labor. Well, also, like, the animosity, like, if if it's building up, that means there's a communication block. Wouldn't that, does that sound right? Yeah. Because, like, not every little grievance needs to be aired, and, like, some things you can just say, I'm just going to keep this to myself, and it, and it does go away. But if it's the type of thing that you feel like you uh, want to verbalize, but you can't, like... That there's a communication block and that should be addressed first and foremost and then things can be communicated openly and real feelings will come up you know like i know that when i say certain things i'm going to trigger your defensiveness and i know that i'm going to have to travel through that portal to get to the place you know where we can communicate regular without without offense or defense going on just regular and it's a it's a tough thing to navigate and learn how to navigate but if you know that that's the goal it uh it it starts to just happen naturally and if you know i'm building up animosity and evidence on my homie here and the jokes on you then i don't know i feel like that's a good impetus to start communicating yeah i think <laughs> you've had to we've had to the goal like we're when we're at our best is when i'm not trying to make you offensive when i'm and you're not trying to make me not defensive yeah. Because I I am defensive. Like that is that's my nature and you kind of can be a little more on the attack and that's your nature and if yeah. we try and don't if we just kind of accept that about each other and say yeah. like, "Well, stop being so defensive." I'm like, "But you're criticizing me. How can I not be defensive? What do you mean?" Like Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a world in which we have um more mature nonviolent communication but we're since we're not doing it with the help of a couples therapist, we are going to slowly climb our way yeah through this relationship yeah definitely <laughs> we're gonna scratch and claw 
if the Patreon blows up, we can afford therapy and then uh, <laughs> people will get less interesting, but probably deeper podcasts or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> yeah, we, we, look, we have a good thing going, so I, it doesn't feel like we need to rush off to pay a therapist, even though that would probably help, I guess. I don't know. I get frustrated in therapy. Because you don't like someone acting like they're an authority figure or something probably i don't know it feels much more specific and nuanced than that i I, a lot of times and this is just very revealing about me but i feel like i'm smarter than them Mm -hmm. i feel like i have a lot more life and relationship experience than them a lot more friends your own life you know that's what i'm saying i just feel like um like like on like the sats or iq stuff but yeah they'll dominate me but in emotional intelligence and being able to read people and knowing what's going on i feel like i'm very high iq in that department i think and you're too high high iq that yeah. it creates issues for you because when you're always maybe a step ahead of even me recognizing how i feel it can be frustrating yeah. for you to see it and call it out when i'm like hey i'm just trying to fucking let me move past this feeling yeah Rather than you excavated and yeah, and you did the same to me. Yeah. 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 So in a, in a therapy setting, I get very upset because I'm like, I'm paying you, <laughs> and you're not even bringing any level of expertise to this. You know, so I think that in in a in a perfect world, in a good, healthy, thriving community, they wouldn't be necessary because so many of your friends would fill those roles and a lot of our friends do fill those roles and you fill those roles and my parents do and Joey does and countless other people who fucking put up with my unrelenting venting sometimes and uh, yeah I think that uh, it doesn't have to be so prescriptive you know and, and that's become like a new religion in a way therapy or bust yeah yeah yeah, a lot like of, if you're not going to therapy, you're fucked up, and yeah, there's no way to communicate with you and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's just so presumptive because I think a lot of people are like myself are either in not in the financial position to do it, or um, have never come across. I mean, I've probably seen like five or six therapists in my life through family therapy growing up, you know, with my dad's issues, and. Um, through my divorce saw a couples counselor and then afterwards did like 10 sessions with a therapist and then you and I did did a couple things and just all of them felt just like pompous hiding behind expertise and degrees and things that they had read and uh none of that you know where the tab meets the tongue type of fucking epiphanies uh, mm-hmm. that I could really work with in any way. And maybe some people that haven't gone through like a succession of tragedies and people being ripped out of their life, uh, those epiphanies w- would happen in therapy. But they, for me, they've kind of happened out in the real world and I've had to raw dog it and figure some shit out for myself and listen to a lot of uh, Ram Dass and I don't care Ellen if you wants. go to therapy or not. No, I know. I, I mean, know it, it is a goal. It is a, it, because the days. goal is to make more money, and the goal is to have enough money where you're like, oh, I can tend to my mental health in that way, and and um, find a good one, find one that works with me. And once in a while, you'll be like, I need a fucking therapist. Like, I yeah, need- but I need a good one. I can't just <laughs> like, like you can't just be like, okay, yeah, talk to any old schmo on Zoom because they're treating you like a customer, and I hate that. I get that's the part that I can't get over. You're a customer to them. They're never gonna give you a cure. Yeah, but I think a lot of therapy is about hearing yourself bring to the surface some feelings and thoughts in a safe environment where your friend isn't gonna have any weird thoughts about you or judgments on what you said and or i don't know i don't know i, I don't go to therapy right now so i don't i don't really i like using my friends as therapists because a bit of accountability then you know there there really is like if i'm telling joey like yo i don't want to be like that anymore i don't want to say shit like that i don't like and he sees me doing that again then i'm embarrassing myself so it actually there really is a, an accountability with you it's like real-time evolution and accountability going on because I don't want to disappoint you. I want to be a good partner. It's, it, you know, you're my muse in terms of that stuff. Yeah, there's like life has a lot of uh, 
aspects to it and and a lot of fears i'm saying the most general no no, no thing i love ever. it i love when you say stuff like that <laughs> i know you're getting to something but it's so funny there's a lot of aspects to life we live in a society we live in a society um i don't know i'm not gonna make an argument for therapy i don't give a fuck it's fine life no, is fine no, I, no, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I could try doing that and say what i think it's about or how it could help you or just you know when you tell me i need a therapist i'm like i want to help provide that for you and i think that i don't think that money should be a restriction because i think that as you clear space you open up space for more money to come towards you that you're more emotionally prepared for because you've untangled some patterns in your thinking about uh scarcity or fear or abandonment or whatever the hell it is but whatever let's keep doing drugs well how are we gonna have a great summer <laughs> how is this possible i don't know if it we we plan on trumping the last one we always plan on yeah. you just gotta keep trumping yourself yeah exactly <laughs> well i was just telling this to joey because he was saying it's so hard uh, you know in comedy and in filmmaking to like not get into a mentality of like comparing yourself to other people your age or younger than you or whatever and seeing mm, where they're mm -hmm. at and i'm like I understand the the itch to do that, but the way I got over that is to kind of just have the stark realization of like, I'm only in competition with myself. Like that's the only thing that's going to keep me going for any amount of time because if I was in competition with other people, eventually I'm going to beat them. Then what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> but myself and like trying to like, so I told them like the way we do it now is like we say, here's what we want this year to be. Here's what we're going to use each season to do. Here's what project we're going to be shooting. Here's what jobs we hope come in. Here's the vacations we want to take and the psychedelic trips we want to take, the people we want to get together. Here's the seasons we want that to happen. Here's the months we want that to happen. And then as it gets closer, here's the weeks and the days we want that to happen. And surprisingly, the past couple of years doing that, it's worked out to a T, really. It's crazy how when you make a plan and plan to stick to it, you actually can. Yeah, yeah. So, but then you can easily look back at the previous year and be like, okay, how can I build on that? And it's not in a way of like manic pr productivity type of thing. It's, it's happiness. Like what of those things really made us the happiest? What didn't really work out for us? What can we avoid moving forward? And so far that's been really working. Every year so far since I've been keeping track has been the best year of my life since we've been together we've been really keeping track of that we're stuff. coming up on 13 years yes yeah we're coming up on our anniversary of our first kiss yes yes very exciting and i think it's only just gotten better and better Never, and uh, 13 years seems like unfathomable like you know what i mean yeah. like yeah and i saw something about some couples were posting about on social media, I don't know how I got into this rabbit hole, but about the seven-year itch. And I was like, honestly, the seven-year itch checks out. I think there's a three-year thing and then the seven-year thing. The three-year thing. And we're speaking extremely generally, but the three-year thing it's seems like, to be more like, are we are actually we compatible? This? Like, are we actually going to do this? Because like, three years could go by like that. Oh, yeah. The, the excitement, plans, love, getting to know each other, flowing. meeting each other's parents, you know. Yeah. You do all those things. Six. Yeah, I remember my first boyfriend, I was like, we broke up around three years. And I remember after that thinking to myself, never, ever marry someone you have been with for less than three years. I mean, I'm saying as you get older, I'm sure the rule, no yeah, no yeah, rules. You know yourself but that better. But that was the rule to my life because I was like, whoa, I really thought we were doing this thing. And then I like realized, you guess your head comes out of the oxytocin clouds. But it literally is that. And I know you didn't know that at the time, but it literally is that. That would be about the amount of time that the oxytocin would just naturally be wearing off. And if you're not doing a lot of stuff to keep it flowing, then yeah. Yeah, so, we're working on that IV drip. Yeah. And, and then the seven-year itch is like, I guess it's like, we're doing this, but is this all we're doing? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> should we spice it up a little bit yeah totally and, and, and that's where people probably cheat or whatever that's go when outside both their my previous relationships ended seven years because you were had energetically moved on to some uh, you were cheating whatever yeah, you don't. don't give a shit yeah i mean i do i wish i didn't do that but uh you know it's, yeah, it's it was natural and then Within our thing, it's like, I feel like you had a sense, like when we were coming up around seven years of like, oh, this is when Sean gets the itch and wants to go do his thing. And 
it just happened to us it feels like you know that's when it's this just, yeah, just felt like karmically like it was my karma for yeah. having cheated on <laughs> with you or whatever and like it was just like whoa now all of a sudden like i'm i'm not the other woman and i kind of wish i was you know what i mean mm. I, want, I wish I was the one that was making you this excited and happy and whatever. And that was actually like really profound to realize because I can be that person in our relationship. And there is yeah. no rules of like me being outside of that. Or us. It's crazy because you've become that so much in like the whatever six years since then. Yeah, because I love you and I want I want to stay excited about you and I want you to stay excited about me. It's yeah. like very you, just... You've somehow attained like perpetual mistress energy, you know? Yeah yeah that's cool it where it always feels like i'm getting away with murder that you're even with me you know and like it's it's good it's exciting it you know it feels like uh you're my partner in crime you know yeah, you we really do support me we have a lot of fun yeah we've had a lot of fun we have a lot of fun and yeah somehow we've been able to keep it like very interesting and exciting and loving but yeah. you know there is I will. There is a seven-year itch. There is the three-year oxytocin letdown, and then then, then you have to down. like build it back up. You have to like figure out your ways to recommit to each other every day. Keep it exciting. Keep it engaging. Keep yourself present with the other person. Yeah. Well, at the seven-year itch mark, it's interesting because uh, the the most probably overused stoner fact ever is like you're re- literally not the same person that mm-hmm. they got together with. Yes. Yeah, so you have to you have to recommit in a real way. Yeah. You have to just really double down and I don't know. Yeah, life being in a relationship for this long, it's like it's got it was really hard at moments, but it's only gotten better. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, when you know you're with your person, you can kind of go through thick and thin, navigate it with a little bit more grace, I think, than like the, the like not sureness, I think, that even a lot of marriages have. Mm, yeah yeah that's the real kicker killer is being in something you're not sure about because then you can't fully commit and when you can't fully commit to something you can't give it your best and when you can't give it your best like what are you doing yeah why do it at all yeah i somebody was just asking us on this trip like why aren't we married i feel like we don't get that question a lot but it's interesting. Or like, do you think about getting married? And I was like, no, nah, that's for basic bitches. <laughs> I, was so, I had I was to like, bite my tongue to basically <laughs> not say that. You know? I'm such a brat. I'm such a bitch. But it's like, it's. I think marriage is such the dominant paradigm for me to call people who get married basic bitches, I'm sure. Be offended by that, but don't, obviously. No. Because that would be so stupid. No. I, at some point, you have to realize, like, yeah, getting married is like, you're doing the American package. And that's cool because... You can see beyond that of it's like a commitment to love and devotion and a beautiful thing. And uh, honestly, it makes me very emotional that people like do that for each other and with each other. Oh, yeah, me too. And it, you know, at some point it really did feel like the next bastion where I like at one point told you like, hey, I just want you to know, like, I want to marry you. Like, but not really. But if that was a thing, I would, but not really. Like, I don't know. I was just trying to say, like, I just want to tell you that I love you so well, I, much. I want, yeah, I want you to know <laughs> that, too. I, I do try to let you know that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, no. You are my wife. I just, I, I don't need to sign a contract with, with America to do the American dream, because that's basically what it comes down to for me. Oh, we, I mean, our like, fights are a little raw because we aren't married. I feel like, you know what I mean? There is a certain, like... There, because we don't do the fake breakups and stuff, but we can get in fights where it's like, well, fine, <laughs> fucking don't do this anymore. And there's something kind of like supercharged about that. Yeah. Like we literally, if we don't like each other, or don't give each other the love or affection or attention or presence that we deserve, either one of us, like the other person can walk. Yeah. I mean, we're like, we don't need outside parties. It's the same way we don't need a a therapist. We don't need a lawyer. Like, you know, and and like when you start buying into this stuff and signing these contracts and going along with the American dream, you are going to need a therapist and you are going to need a lawyer. Yeah. You are. Totally. And, and you know, that's, that's kind of the easy thing about marriage is to get out of it. All you have to do is get a lawyer to get out of this. Like I would really, really, really have to go through some shit. You know, it it's deeply just between us and there's going to not be a third party we could call in 
that's going to be like, oh, forget about her. Just sign this thing. Forget about her. Just give her this much money. Forget about her. Just make it into a deal. Make it into a very transactional thing. It's an emotional thing. That's what it always is. That's what all love stories start out as. Right. And then we make them into these, this business arrangement. And next thing you know, the government's involved. Lawyers are involved. And I've gone through a divorce. My parents probably should have. Your parents went through a divorce. What about this institution is calling us? Nothing. <laughs> Especially when we could keep it together without that contract. Because imagine enforcing that contract. Well, I think... That's that's the whole thing about it. Imagine enforcing your fucking marriage contract. I also feel that the way I want to love... And someone posted something about this that I saw recently. But the way I want to love is like by giving you the gift of freedom. Like, that's the kind of way I want to love you. And I love anyone. Like, yo. No, you're very rare in that way. Be free to be who you want to be and how you want to be. And I don't always, I don't always stick by that because, like. You don't we, always approve of what you see. I don't always approve of what you say or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, we're in the Patreon-only podcast. You'll hear me, how I talk about how I stopped a podcast. or I, We didn't really get into specifics. But, like, you know, I can get, like judgmental of your outputs or whatever oh yeah we had a, we had a really spicy one that caster's just like cut it off we're not doing it i was like this is ugly i yeah. was like cut this off i'm not any part of this fucking this is this purge to merge i'm getting vomit all over me and i'm not about fucking it jack maniacy over here i'm like i'm fucking <laughs> i'm smelling vomit so we got to cut this off because i can't handle it um but no i think but that that's really kind of my core values when it comes to love is like, I love you so much that I want you to be who you want to be in this life. And I want to give you the freedom to do that. And I wouldn't want to restrict your expression or what you want to do or who you want to love or how you want to love. And if I did, I'd be holding you to be someone that I deem lovable. But maybe if I let you be who you want to be and I still love you, I'll get to love the brightest version of you. Or it doesn't work out and I don't love you anymore, worst case. And then you love someone else who's like more right for you. But then you could be more in love with yourself because you are being yourself. Yeah. Because it's most important that you love yourself rather than you get my love. I think in this life, it's more mm. important that you have self-love. And the way you're going to have self-love is if you're being true to yourself and honoring yourself. And I don't want to be, I don't want to be the ruler of your kingdom. Yeah. And, and I think that's what love is. And I think that's what our relationship is. And a good, healthy relationship should be is like a solace from all of the, the stuff that the, that life's throwing at you, no matter whether you like it or not, the threats and the fear and the precarity, all that stuff and the judgment and, and everything. Like I want my partner to be a solace from that. I want them to be a person I could be completely honest with that. I can just lay it out all on the table. And I know that, eventually they're, they're going to accept me and love me more for it. I love all that because, you know, out there in the world, it's like things can be taken away from you and f you could get fired and, you know, go deeply into debt and have medical this and that. I, I want my love life to like just kind of just be like a beautiful green pasture in the dark forest that is life and just a, an escape and yeah, a place where things are soft and silly and light, and I think that's what we've designed for each other, like a very soft landing pad. Yeah, people think we're all twisted, but it's everyone's got to do what's right for them. Like the funny, I did make fun of you this trip, but it was because you kind of had a, a, can I say this? Yeah, I don't care. I thought you kind of had a crush on some girl we met along the way, and you were like, can I take your picture? And then me and Joey just made fun of you, <laughs> like relentlessly for asking to take this girl's picture. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> and I was like. You and Joey could combine your body count and not come near mine. <laughs> I know. So you, so you can, you can fucking judge my maneuvers. <laughs> It wasn't even, it was, I just like, it actually made me excited to see you excited. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And that's where like, in some, we don't, we don't operate within a poly community. So we're probably talking about stuff that is like very obvious to people in a poly community, but we're talking to a lot of people who may or may not be in a poly community and we're navigating this own, our territory for ourselves. But for me, yeah. it's like. The idea that someone would make you excited and that you'd love or have a crush or whatever, like that makes me happy for you. Cause I'm like, yeah. that's cute. That's adorable. That's very sweet. Like, yeah, my little crushes like that, uh, like you've, you've seen them a couple times, like maybe two or three times yeah. where it's just like something sparkles up for uh, maybe an hour. 
yeah. a few hours. That's really all it is. Well, that's that's the love I love the most is like intense in the moment eye contact of like, yo, I'm attracted to you. I can tell by how you look at me and how I look at you. Like it's like just they've just they uh, portrayed in movies all the time like that sparkly love energy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, that's what life's about, man. I I know you guys were fixated on me, but did you not get the vibe that she was like putting a major vibe out there? I don't think you would have been attracted to her if she wasn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have even noticed her. I was so focused on what we were doing, and then all of a sudden I was just like, wait, what the hell's going on here? I haven't had something like this in a while. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I trust me. I believe it wasn't like a one-sided thing. I think that you're a very consensual person. Like you want to know that someone likes you. You're not gonna just like be like, "Hey, can I get this person to like me?" No, like, no. I hate that. What turns you that. on is someone liking you. Yeah. So it's like, I, I don't worry about that at all. But yeah. um. You enjoy her busting my balls. Yeah, that was so fun for me. Yeah. That was really fun for me. Yeah, you guys give me a lot of stuff to bust your balls with too. But I don't always use it. I do from time to time. (laughs) You bust my balls. Yeah, I mean, look. I feel like I was getting to a bigger point, but it doesn't matter. Look, it happened. It's true. (laughs) I did do it. I did take a picture of a young lady that I thought was very attractive. (laughs) And uh, the fucked up part of it is these girls are just... They look like they could be Cass's sister. They look like your cousin. They look like they're the same like genre of like just bright eyed American girl, like just chilling, creative, open energy. It's like it's a very specific thing that I get stopped in my tracks about. If you put this handful of of girls uh-huh. together, yeah, you'd be like, oh, I see what Sean's into. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hilarious. when it happens like that but yeah. i also know like hey this is going to be a 20 minute interaction with this person so here's my way of saying i want to remember this <laughs> yeah that's my pug dad game oh yeah you're such a yeah, pug dad yeah on the loose yeah she was she was a grown-ass woman too which was you know i think you're you were trying to explain to joey and like kind of at nauseum like yo once a girl is like under if she girls under a certain age i don't even look at her like that he couldn't understand and i i felt him like at certain and we'd be in a restaurant like full of hot babes coming and going and he can see me not like he's like and he's running he's looking like like magic running around upstairs barking at every dog and he's looking at me like aren't you not looking i'm like she doesn't register it's like it's so weird he's like what about this waitress and we're like she's too young she's too young i don't know she seems like fucking 23 years old man like what the hell like just think about the conversation just stop thinking with your crucial head just think about the conversations you're gonna have to have to get there think about the conversations you're gonna have to have afterwards think about the texting consider the texting before you consider (laughs) your dick (laughs) well i think that's like what happens when you're after a certain age and in your 30s you're like all right yeah yeah different people are cuter i like yeah i, I mean i like like a woman mm-hmm. a real woman yeah, yeah. clearly <laughs> do you want a little dab sure i'll fucking get it confused <laughs> yeah but that's what that i think that's kind of what's fun about this time of year i think this is the only time of year you can really kind of catch those sparkles out in the wild that easily you know? Yeah, totally. I'm just out there in my cutoff shirt. Summertime, we're in that fucking undisclosed city. I don't want to say where, but it's warm there. And yeah, of course, fucking babes are gonna smell me and then say, "Take a look and <laughs> just say what the fuck is going on here." <laughs> I did see something today about how uh, male armpit sweat on female lips is a good uh, regulator. Just what I said. What you said doesn't sound like a sentence. It sounds like an AI-generated... Maybe it was. Can you say it again? Basically, I need to lick your armpit sweat in order to stay happy and regulate my hormones. You kidding me? I think so. (laughs) Lucky for me, (coughs) I love the way your armpits smell. (coughs) Which is also a big indicator of compatibility. 
Yeah, it's probably but the number one. That's a, one of the number one reasons people cite divorce is like, I can't stand the way they smell. Yeah, there's probably things about my personality that are so obnoxious that you ignore because you like the way I naturally smell. Definitely. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we've talked about it before, but there was uh, some sort of study about how like women that were on uh, hormonal birth control couldn't detect the the smell. They can that, detect it, but they're they're less. Yeah, there's something where you, yeah you, yeah maybe you're right. Maybe they couldn't detect it. But compatible compatibility based on scent is kind of moot when it's um when you're on birth control. That basically is the point of this study, is it doesn't work as well. So if if you're with your, a partner you're thinking about marrying or settling down for a long time with it, and you're on hormonal birth control, you should quit it for a little bit, get a good sniff around, see what's going on, <laughs> yeah. see how your body reacts without judgment, just see your natural reaction, and you know, go from there. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're going to try to uh, have the best summer of our life. It's summer 2023. Hasn't even started, but it's Has, off to a great it start. It hasn't started yet, but I like the way we're doing it, where we're having like kind of a pre-summer. We're like doing the, t- the summer tailgate party. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it'll it'll be kicking off officially probably for us like this weekend or next. We're going to start partying, hanging out. Um, I'm looking forward to taking some mushrooms and acid here and there this summer. I don't think Molly's on the slate right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've I've uh post breakup in the past taken Molly not really thinking about it and I think it may it just leads to more confusion and wild swings. And uh I'm trusting my initial instinct that this is a good thing. And I don't want to introduce some chemical that would have me questioning myself and questioning that. So I'm going to wait till I really feel like I'm over this breakup before I introduce Molly into the scene. But acid and mushrooms are just good teachers for me. And um, I don't think they cloud my judgment the way Molly does sometimes. Well, now that we're still unemployed, we can take all the drugs. Yes. Yes, we are still unemployed. And potentially unemployable. <laughs> but it's, it's a good thing. It. It's a good <laughs> thing because it's like we're really just having to continue to trust fall into our artistry. And uh, it's it's making, I can feel it when we're out there. I'm like, we're better at this than we've ever been before. We're firing on all cylinders. We're making our best movie yet. Like, it's so cool. It's so cool. I want to bask in it. I'll be sad when it's over because I can feel it that much. Like, we're we're making a beautiful mosaic of the vibe that keeps this country tolerable. Totally. And not just some fucking meat-grinding, fucking retail, dystopic fucking nightmare. The way it could look. And... The way the media portrays this country is to be very scared of certain cities, of certain people, of certain... Uh, we've gone everywhere. We've already gone into the deepest nooks and crannies that you possibly can and talked to if just just people from all walks of life. And there's just there's nothing to be scared of out there. There really is nothing to be scared of. And I think we can help amplify a vibe that uh, shows how connected we are and how entertaining and funny people are and how loose and light people are and that not everyone is carrying their political beliefs right in the f- in the forefront of their personality the way that the media might portray. And uh, we might not need all of these new rules we're coming up with. I think there's a common decency that is out there and a yearning to feel more interconnected and um, that's what this movie's about. And I don't know. It might not be the type of thing that uh, is a big seller. <laughs> don't say that. Well, I don't know. I don't know. It just you, it, you it feels in stark contrast to almost everything we see. That's and not the vibe of, of how everything. It. No, b- exactly. Exactly. So I don't know. I hope it carves out some new territory for more stuff like this and more... Uh, patchwork mosaic stuff and like that's what i i said i think this is a mosaic but i i think our whole career is totally. and our, our career isn't going to make sense to people till it's done 
until the last little piece is put in there and you can zoom out and say, fuck, they really got in there. They really dug around for the most interesting, bright, inspirational, cautionary characters that there could be in this country. They went towards every archetype. They went through fearlessly. We're conquering our fears. Like, God damn it. And we'll talk about this stuff probably on, on Patreon episodes, but like the shit that we've just walked boldly into with a camera on already on this film. It's very exciting. And I don't know, it's, it, it requires me to get over some shit and it's good for me. It's good for my spirit. It helps me trust people more. It helps me trust myself more. So it keeps me alive. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. I definitely good adrenaline drip being out there. Whew approaching strangers and i love it yeah yeah give me give me more yeah more to come and uh yeah please uh join us for more on patreon.com slash church of chill like we said there is a new episode called incomprehensible distance and in unfathomable silence that's a little too spicy for the normal feed so check that out that's on there along with this episode uh all of our church of chills which are our um psychedelic radio show and um boys club so boys club lots more to come peace love and magic y'all <laughs> thanks <laughs> <laughs>